Okay, here we are again, Monday morning, 25th of October, 2021. I'm, uh, I'm feeling really, really joyous. We've just had a little couple of minutes together, we being Chad Taylor, Diana Black and myself, uh, coming together, just leading into this next 45 minutes that we're going to share together with you guys on uh, the, the rambling path that is relationships. Um, it's something that is dominant for all of us, whether it be relationships with ourselves or and relationship with others. We all have them, whether we call them the conversation with the next door neighbour, whether we call it the, the inner talk that we have with ourselves. We're not saying nice things to ourselves potentially because we didn't live up to our own expectations or whether we're talking about the, the marriage that we've had for for decades and decades that is still going perfectly strong or not. We're all in relationship and it's it's exciting. I think we're incredibly complex individually and, you know, you add individual complexity into uh, an interjoin into a, into a mix together and it becomes even more complex. So it's a big topic. We hope you really enjoy it. I'm going to pass you over to my colleagues to introduce themselves. I'm Dean Dampany. And here I've got Chad and Dyer. I'm going to pass it over to you guys. Hey, I'm Chad Taylor from um, Holistic Approach Counseling and Psychotherapy and happy to be here again. Thanks, Dean. Great to see you, mate. Hi again, it's Diana Black from Zenith Holistic Counseling and Psychotherapy. Yeah, great to be back again to see what happens. <laughs> Here we are. How are you guys going in your relationships? Hmm. <laughs> I guess for me, um, speaking to what you just just opened with, Dean, there's a, um, you know, that inner relationship to me strikes out a lot. You know, if, I, um, if I'm disconnected from myself, inside myself, how then can I have proper intimate relationships out in the world? You know, and that's something that's been really kind of forefront with a lot of my clients and a lot of people around me the past, you know, especially the past year or so, was kind of the disconnection and the roles we play in different relationships. It's almost like, you know, I have it, you know, when I'm with my, you know, partner or my mother, this is what I hear from the clients, when I'm with my partner or my mother or my boss, there's these different roles that they play. It's almost like they've got a persona for each setting. And I guess sometimes that gets confusing for them on which role they're playing. And then in the couple, in the relationship sort of counselling that I see, it's almost like, you know, I'll hear, you know, I feel like work gets the best of him. You know, he's a different person when he's at work. You know, everybody, will, people will see me in the street and I'll say, oh, isn't your husband so great? And then, you know, the partner in this particular instance, maybe feeling like the person that she gets access to in the house 
isn't the same person that other people see. And following on from that, I guess, if we don't know ourselves, it's probably going to be hard to know somebody else and, and to be ourselves in the world. You know, what is being ourselves, I guess, for me? What is being myself in a relationship would be my question. Mm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So what are the big questions? Who am I? Why are we here? What's it all mean? Yeah, we're straight to it, aren't we? All right, die. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's really interesting because you're talking actually about um, how different people evoke different parts of us and I think that is common so um in it that everybody would say that i mean you have your work personality persona you have your home personality you have your friendship personality you have your lover person i mean you know we are all many personalities but i feel like i have a solid consistent i back to i <laughs> This I that is not, I think I spoke about in the last pos, uh, podcast, that has been consistent and that is the same person since year dot, basically. Um, and that is, always present. As to relationship, I think, you know, you mentioned, Chad, that the the partner at home or whatever is complaining that they're not getting um, the persona that the other partner presents to the world, which is possibly the best self trying to, you know, where they're still making the effort. And I think that's what happens in relationship. In relationship, we start off with our best self and that's how we win the other partner or whatever. And then we really collapse into who we are or settle into who we are, depending on the level of trust. And then you start to really see the person. So then actually it's a safe place to just be whoever you are, whatever you are. And I think in a way it's a compliment if the person is actually not putting on that at home because you you are seeing... They feel safe. They're saying to you they feel safe to rest back into their real self. And I think that's that's what's hard um, in relationships is that um, if people, like you said, Ch uh, Chad, if you don't have that, if you're not really comfortable with your own self and loving your own self, then it's very, very difficult to show that self until you find somebody that says to you, hang on a minute, I'm ready to hold you no matter what. Well, yeah, thanks, Di. I really, really appreciate that contribution. Likewise, Chad, it's big stuff. It's, um, you know, 
my I see my role here is to to give a really brief summary and that's the role I'm going to stick with for now until it changes obviously feel free to ask me questions as well you guys um, more than happy to to receive them and respond with whatever it might be worth um, you know this inner work versus outer work this um, tending to one's own personal garden so that we can flourish for the sake of others um, and personally selfishly for the sake of being with others in relationship is is so important it begs the question to me is um, how we go about that and I guess I'm staggering along in that because I need to think in the background because I'm so not sure but I do know that and this is what I actually come back to so often with with my friends and my clients is that we're just we're time poor we're absolutely freaking time poor culturally um and i really feel like to do the work together individually and together we need more time you know i, I see most um most modern couples be it married couples long-term partners boyfriends girl boyfriend girlfriends working um jobs individually and most of them working full-time jobs individually and you know if you throw a couple of kids into the collective let's say 60 to 90 or 100 collective hours a week that that couple are doing with the kids on top social engagements you know actually i don't see a hell of a lot of room there for being able to do the inner work and doing the together work it actually makes me sad thinking about it and you know i'd really like to see an emphasis on that changing for all of us, however we might be able to do it. And I know that a lot of us feel stuck in that paradigm. A lot of people think, well, how do we, you know, going back to what we're saying last week, Di, you know, how do we pay for the, the mortgage each month and, you know, continue our lifestyle of these material so-called riches um, whilst maintaining the kids, the job, and last but not least, obviously, the relationship. It's... It's such a tricky one. So I, I really, really advocate for freeing up space, time, space, the space to be able to breathe and to give to oneself so that we can give to each other. Um, the, the last point I'll make before I hand it over to you guys again is, um, and it's basically written down here on my piece of paper with a fat circle around it, is, is authenticity. Um, to, to know oneself and if not to know oneself, to be able to express oneself um, in, in the present moment with how we are, who we are, what we know of ourselves in that moment for the sake of the other, gaining some form of an understanding so that we can, we can actually connect um, authenticity. I just feel like it's so damn important. And to paint the picture, it's easy to be authentically stoked easy to be authentically happy yeah i'm really really good today how are you i'm still good sooner or later we're not still good we're shit and all you want to do is hit the couch with a pack of chips not the little pack because they're never enough the big pack you want to slouch with your worst posture ever you want to watch the worst netflix series possibly ever invented you want to burp and fart potentially <laughs> you want to make sure you got your daggiest tracky dacks on and you want to own that in relationship and be loved for it because you are basically where you need to be to become everything that you are and, you know, can be in relationship. All right. I'm, I'm energized. Uh, I'm really you know, jazzed on this whole subject because it's just so big. Okay. Chad, you got your tracky decks on. Not today, Dean. Not today. 
I guess uh, listening to, you know, the, the content and that word authenticity, it's, um, it brings me back to really if I'm playing roles, like when Di was just talking about, you know, home can be that safe space, you know, and you just spoke about, you know, sitting on the couch and just being able to be, it's almost for me like who am I in the world then? If I can't be myself in the world, who am I in the world? And, and you know, people at work know. And I see this with my clients as well. People at work may love them, but who are they actually loving? Who are they actually, who who is this person presenting to the world? What mask do they actually have in that particular role I guess that brings it back to, and that's what I do, I seem to be counselling a lot of people through and dealing with a lot. It's almost like they've set up so many different relationships and so many different dynamics, seeking approval from others, be it their partner, be it their boss, be it their kids, be it their next-door neighbour, be it somebody in their sporting club, be it their mother or father or sister or brother, that then I feel like that's where this time poorness that you spoke about comes in because they're so busy keeping everyone else happy in all these roles that they've you know unconsciously or consciously committed to and not even realising they're playing the roles. I guess, is, is something for me. And then that brings it back to, you know, if this is about relationships and following on from last week, you know, with intimate relationships and, and energy bodies and things like that, it's almost like where do I fit here and how do I fit here in each dynamic, you know? And for me, it's really do, doing the inner work and becoming conscious of, you know, the more conscious I become in each interaction, I feel like the the freer I feel inside myself. You know, and I know, you know, there's, there's a lot of modalities and there's a lot of counselling, you know, different types of counselling and psychotherapy and, and healing models. But the one that resonates most with me talks about you know, the number one thing is the relationship between each person, you know, but in that setting, the client and the practitioner, you know, 80 to 90% of the magic that happens is the relationship. It's not the modality that's being used. And then, and, and then following on to that is congruency, you know, the practitioner being congruent, not playing a role being themselves obviously there's a you know there's a mask of professional services going on there but also being congruent you know and I feel like that to me is probably the biggest problem where people aren't being congruent in themselves in their relationships be it at home on the couch with their bag of chips or with their neighbour.
Uh, Chad, I could not agree more. I, um, I frame communication into two classifications, one being uh, the energetic communication that you spoke to and that we spoke to last week uh, between, between people, uh, the energetic transmission, getting a little bit woo-woo just with naming that. But um, what I'm doing is basically um, saying that with the premise that, uh, that we do have an energetic interaction uh, between between us, between all of us, between individual and universe and between us and everyone else and everything in between energetic transaction. I also coin that as the queen of communication, the queen being at the the head of the kingdom, the, the top, top of the totem pole, the everything, energetic transmissions being everything communicatively, the queen of communication, the everything of communication. And as soon as we're layering um, upon that, um, basically in protecting ourselves from the fear that we might have of actually being energetically um, everything that we are, be it, be it down, be it low, um, be it vibrationally ecstatic and everywhere in between, uh, we stop communicating on that, on that primary level. The other kind of communication I refer to um, when framing these things is, is verbal words, language, um, you know, we, we're doing it now. We're doing, we're doing both now. Um, again, really, really important. And again, it, it's probably, it, it seems less obvious when we're not being congruent energetically to those people who aren't necessarily practiced in the art of being open energetically. Um, but again, subconsciously, lesser consciously, we know, we know the deal, whether we recognize it or not. When it comes to words, we definitely recognize when someone's not being congruent. When, uh, when my fellow community member, and I, I want to say mate, but, you know, let's just say it's that person they run into every two or three months that we pretty much stick to g'day's how you're going. And he says, g'day, mate, how are you going? I go, really good. Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you? And really, I'm shit. I've had the worst morning ever. Basically, the kids couldn't decide on whether or not they wanted chicken and salad rolls that we don't have chicken and we don't have rolls for their lunch or a lunch order, which I've got no money for, whatever, you know, like whatever playful example I can imagine. Oh, it's been a shit morning. It's been hard. I've been, yeah, really, really, really finding it a hard trudge. It happens. All of us go through it, every single one of us. And as soon as I say, yeah, mate, I'm going really well, he smells my shit. He smells how inauthentic I'm being. And I've just broken that relationship. And my apologies. Sorry, man, I don't honour you at all because I'm not truthful to you nor to myself potentially. Um, and I guess to wrap this up, a really great example that I was able to experience in my own, own life is when I financially just hit the bottom dollar a couple of years ago and went, wow, no, no, no money coming up. Like in the two-month projection, which was leading into Christmas, not a cent to the family name as far as the financial projections go. Wow, we're going to be fucked. We're going to be completely broke. And I lost sleep over it for three nights straight, which is pretty, pretty good for me. I don't typically lose that much sleep. I sleep pretty well. This was a, a three nights of 72 hours of sleeplessness. And people, that guy in the community, how are you going? How are you going, mate? 
when they asked, I said, I'm really shit. I haven't slept for three days and I'm stressing and I'm financially moving towards destitution. <laughs> I've got enough faith to feel like we won't all be homeless, but I don't know how that's not going to be the case. Long story short, within you know, the, another three days of those half a dozen how you goings, I had had the most beautiful offerings of everything under the sun from people I don't ever consider friends, people and, and people who I consider friends as well, people offering their you know, their $20,000 in their offset account and their mortgage that have been put in together, their pennies for decades, people offering um, to speak to everyone they knew in terms of finding me work. It was just endless. And basically the, the moral of the story is that I was authentic. I was honest. I was like, yeah, I'm shit. And the universe, through my community of relationships, recognised that completely and gave to me. And, of course, I didn't end up under a park bench with the kids. There were Christmas presents under the tree, be it small ones, <laughs> cheap ones actually. But, yeah, the kids were stoked. They were satisfied. They actually got some chicken and salad rolls Christmas Day, all those lunches they never got. Um, it was good and it worked out really well. So, yeah, look, authenticity is huge. Sorry, Di, I know I just rambled on again. I'm pretty energised about all this. I'd love to hear from you, Di, about what you what you feel about, you know, how we can fine-tune our, our relationships to, to be even better following from the conversation that we're having so far. Now, what, what's, in, what's in your bag of tricks? It's so, there are so many tricks, right? There are so many things. Well, I've sort of, I'll respond first to um, allowing solitude in the relationship. Um, went back to what Chad was saying, I think that that's really important is, and what you were saying, Dean, everyone burnt out and time poor, I think, we have to, the most important thing in relationship is to protect one another's solitude. That's in it. And that includes with your kids and with your whoever you're living with, you know. Um, you have to look after each other's solitude and make time um, for your kids, for your every relationship. And that means being present wholly present in the moment with that person doesn't matter if it's for five seconds before they go to work if they just for five seconds face you and say love you you are the most important thing in my life that can leave a woman for the whole day happy to go about her washing and her whatever she has to do go to work and and for the mortgage whatever it is she has to do she's doing it with love knowing she's loved or that's my experience anyway. If I'd have had that one comment, then I wouldn't have cared how, how much time that person was away from me. The other thing is that you have to judge your audience. <laughs> you know, I think you can give away yourself and then you're leaving yourself open for, for criticism, for attack. So... I don't think you need, as you said, Chad, to be totally exposed all the time because some people aren't going to get you. So, and and with what you said, Dean, um, some people it's better, you're better off just saying, I'm great, mate. <laughs> because if you go, oh, you know, I'm fucked, they'll just go, okay, see ya, you know, because they, 
you know that old song nobody loves you when you're down and out it's true a lot of for a lot of people that is bloody true it's ruthless out there sometimes so you have to judge your audience um what else did you talk about congruence dean uh chad and dean you both talked about that. i mean you both brought up the same thing um that is huge because if you are not in touch or living in true to your values and in and congruent with who you want to be who you aspire to be that is the most important thing to look for in in counseling is that cognitive dissonance which is the gap between your actual self and your ideal self so if you know your values and your values are to be a kind loving person to everyone you meet but you feel like smashing the person in the head when you see them or talk to them then they're going to pick up energetically um god I'm, i've got all these things happening in my head they're going to pick up energetically the truth anyway through your body our bodies are a lot more intelligent than we give ourselves credit for and if you're a sensitive person you do pick up the real message and that is what causes actual confusion in kids too because uh they pick up energetically that things aren't right in the home that mum and dad maybe or whoever as their parents are not happy but the parents faces are going oh you want to do this do you you know it's all double messages for the kids so they get confused so not just with kids with anyone if you actually can be true to yourself then you are like dean says you're actually giving the person a real communication and they can then go oh wow that was real whereas instead of this hi how are you yeah the weather's fine i mean that's where your deeper relationships come in and that's what we're lacking in society and in relationships is maintaining that honest trusting communication so that you can actually speak your truth and if we haven't got that connection in community and society we're all floating around in these sort of ideal selves and not able to express that anywhere that can create that actually is the cause of depression is when you are constantly i call it when i first realized that before i even studied psychology it was i used to say i'm beside myself literally i was actually beside myself because i'd felt totally out of sync i was dissociated from my being by being so idealized and acting in, in accordance with how i wanted to be the perfect person or whatever it was i aspired to be perfect mother perfect teacher perfect whatever i was setting myself up for failure if i and depression and if i didn't live in, in accordance with that and so i think being true to yourself is honoring that but and to finish up cuz i'll ramble too uh but judge your audience because you've got to you've got to figure out who's going to receive you in a, in a positive way because tr 
their comments may just annihilate your, you when you're struggling to, you know, show yourself. You don't want somebody, you don't want to have that damaged as soon as you show yourself, you know. That's perfect. Thanks so much, Di. I am. Um... Yeah, I hear all of that. It's so important. And, yeah, I think it's it's really worth expressing out loud that uh, it's tricky. You know, I mentioned the bag of tricks before. This this work is, is really hard. It's not easy. It's really hard to find the balance between um, honouring ourselves, honouring the other, being authentic with ourselves, being authentic with the other. Um, you know, and if you're being too authentic, too authentic potentially and, and causing ourselves and other people harm obviously as well. So, yeah, all these things are a balancing act. There's no two ways about it. Um, Chad, we've got, got a bit under five minutes. Uh, wonder if you'd like to split that time and to perhaps add some um, further, further insights that people might be able to gain from before I summarise, summarise it all for a minute or two and, and close it up for today's session. Yeah, well, I guess for me, um, acceptance is probably is, is ringing into my head, you know, like most of my clients, and I feel like all of us want to be accepted. But until we accept ourselves, I feel like we're not going to be accepted by others. You know, so it's about that sense of self. And, and like Di touched on, and I was thinking that, you know, if I ask somebody how they're going today, I've got to be prepared that if they want to unload a 10-minute kind of unconscious rant on me, even if um, we're not that close of a friend, then it's my responsibility to be aware enough and conscious enough to realise that I've asked the question. And I guess I'm thinking with, with part, you know, intimate partnerships, it's also to try and be as a human being, to try and be so authentic at the start that you don't, in a way, lead somebody on to this false self. You know, if you want to eat bags, you know, a big bag of chips on the couch in your trackies, <laughs> I feel like, in a way, hopefully we can get to a point where we can do that. And, like, this is me. You either accept me or you don't accept me. Because I feel what I see is what's going on is people are presenting this false self unconsciously they don't realise they're doing it. And then when they slowly reveal that to the other person, it's not accepted. And that's what's causing this disconnect in relationships. It's almost like, who are you? You led me this high dream. I thought you were this person. And now I'm actually seeing you this person. But to do that, I feel like our responsibility internally is to know who we are so that we consciously present that person to other people. The biggest lie we ever tell ourselves is to ourselves. So I'll I'll leave it there. I think I can see there's only a couple of minutes left and it's been great again to be here. Thanks so much to both of you guys. That's an amazing contribution for both of you. I'll I'll um yeah, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, the only last note that I'd like to add with the less than a minute that we've got is that it is a sliding scale of learning to love 
ourselves from a little bit to completely unconditionally and likewise with how much we exercise or are able to give that love to others and to me in moving into our, our deepest authentic self that is moving into our deepest most loving self and that um, that is a practice it's a practice that comes from stillness comes from being present comes from uh, the diligence of, of practicing often and um, the more that we can love, learn to love ourselves, the more we recognize that people love us love us for that and vice versa um, yeah and that's that's where I'll stop for today and we'll carry on again it's you know perhaps another thousand podcasts on relationships before we even get close so with so much love you guys thank you so much i really really appreciate it and let's hope that people get some benefit from this too i'm sure they will lots of love thank you dean thank you die see ya